0: Hello, and welcome to Carol's Coffee House, a place where Catholic singles in their 20s and 30s can grow in community and deepen their spiritual life. I'm Sarah. I'm Maura. Pull up a chair and let's get chatting. Well, we have a special
1: guest today. It's mm-hmm. our friend Nick. Um, do you want us to like, share your Twitter handle?
2: Yeah, go for it. Why not? Yeah,
1: so this is our friend Nickster Wickster, Mr. Wickster. Like I wasn't surprised that it wasn't your last name when I found out, but I was like slightly let down. I was slightly disappointed, and I was like, "Oh, that's not his last
0: name."
2: I think I think my parents would have had to be like cruel and mean <laughs> if if they were like, Nick. Wait, our last name is Wixter. <laughs> Let's call him Nickster. Like make up <laughs> like not even a real name, just like make it up just so it sounds ridiculous <laughs> with the last name.
0: Um, have they ever called you Nixter in real life?
2: So, believe it or not, Nixter Wixter actually is-, is a nickname mm-hmm. my mom gives me. Mm-hmm. She's just been saying it, like, ever since mm-hmm. I've been little. She's the only one I know of. She just calls me Nixter Wixter. I don't know why. I don't know where it came from. I don't know if it's a reference to something <laughs> or what it is. But have you asked? I should ask. I don't <laughs> think it means anything, though. Like, I just think it's, like, fun to say. And, like, that's just the name she's been giving me forever, so... I don't know. It's my Twitter handle now. It's
1: like so funny because like Perry will text me like, have you like, she's like, what's going on with Mr. Wickster? I'm like,
0: I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> has he tweeted recently?
2: <laughs> oh boy. I, I never cause chaos on Twitter though.
0: Never. Not you. No way. No way. <laughs> Not a nary a notification bomb on this man's conscience. That's yeah. for sure. So, so what are we all drinking today?
1: I've got my water, my ice cold water from Joe's fridge from his Ooh filter
2: <laughs> is joe's fridge extra cold
1: um it's just regular cold
2: you have cold water i have joe's fridge cold water i am also drinking water i feel like i'm gonna get kicked off the show for admitting that i'm not much of a coffee person i don't drink
0: coffee either i drink oh coffee. you don't no okay. i don't i'm not i hate it's okay coffee. i, I drink coffee. enough coffee for all three of you so it's just
2: so <laughs> fine. yeah i the thing is like i don't hate coffee as long as there's enough milk and sugar in it. I like coffee with my milk and sugar. (laughs) And I'll drink it like if I coffee-flavored milk. Oh my gosh, coffee milk. Do you guys even know what coffee milk is? No, I thought that that was a joke. No, 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 no. This is a legitimate, this is the official state drink of Rhode Island is coffee milk. I'm from Rhode Island, by the way. It's like, you know, like chocolate milk or like (laughs) strawberry milk. It's like that, but coffee flavoring and you like you stir it into milk just like like chocolate milk and oh you Oh my
1: gosh I It's amazing. Thought that, I thought that was just a joke about people that like to just load up their coffee with milk and sugar
2: No I mean that also could be true but coffee milk is a real thing here in Rhode Island and there's a company in Rhode Island that makes it and as far as I know you can't really buy it out of state it's like I've real. never
0: heard of such so a So it's kind
1: of like those other things that you've talked about that are oh like God. those
2: I, I could tell you guys about so York, much fun. New York System wieners. New York System wieners. They're like, <laughs> they're like these like little hot dogs that, that they serve. You go, to, you go to a restaurant, and the restaurants that serve them are always the like these like hole in the walls downtown in like a major city. And they serve these like little hot dogs inside these like steamed hot dog buns, mm-hmm. but they're not actually hot dogs, they're wieners. And they contain meat that is different from a hot dog, which I hear is illegal to sell in all states but Rhode Island and New York. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I is I it, know I think there's like a think pill it in it. and like I don't think it like meets the like quality of meat that's like, like- the FTA? Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> So you go to these like shop, like these like little hole in the wall stores and like the classic way to serve them is like some guy like Mm. the fry cook guy has like his arms straight like this and he lines up the buns like up his arm and then they cook the wieners and put them in the little uh, wiener things and then it's mustard, so he takes like a scoop of mustard and like scoops it over all of them. Mm-hmm. And then meat sauce, it's like this like special mm-hmm. meat sauce. There's like a special recipe for it. It's specific to wieners. He like pours <laughs> them all over the wieners on his arm. And then he sprinkle, he takes the celery salt shaker, like shakes it all over his arm and then he takes them off his arm and like wraps them for you. And usually like they're really tiny. So usually when you eat them, you eat like two or three of them. Like one is like not really enough even for a lunch, but New York system wieners come to Rhode Island because you legally can't buy them anywhere else.
0: <laughs> How many times a week do you eat? Do you eat these for lunch?
2: I wish. I see. The only thing about them is like it's like eating McDonald's, right? Like it's like you eat them or and then you just like you feel like death after. So they're like so good <laughs> while you're eating them. And then Mm -hmm. like they just like sit in the pit of your stomach, Mm -hmm. and it's just like like why did I do this? Now I'm just like I want to go take a nap. No, I
0: hate everything. Yeah,
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah. So like I, it's like a more like a rare occasions thing. Like on some occasional Saturdays, Mm -hmm. it's like man in in a wiener's mood. So gonna go get some. (laughs)
0: Wow.
2: Yeah, wiener's. You can have coffee Mm -hmm. milk with them too. That's like a that's like a thing at a lot of those places very <laughs> sure. Rhode Island
0: that's <laughs> an interesting combination I can't say that I've ever experienced that before wow I should, who knew in Rhode yeah, Island yeah so many it, exotic flavors and experience and culture
2: <laughs> especially here like northern Rhode Island like is the area that I live in and like it was kind of like hot during like the industrial revolution and stuff. There were a lot of immigrants that came over and like settled in this part of the country. So there's all these like weird, like ethnic foods from around here that like don't exist in other parts of the country. It's very strange.
0: That is interesting.
2: Yeah. So Rhode Island,
0: Rhode Island, (laughs) maybe just cause it's, it's so small that maybe people are like, nah, let's just do this one thing here. It's going to be fine
2: new york system wieners are like a thing i get it but like coffee milk that's one thing i'm surprised hasn't left that seems like that could be a thing in a lot of places and like no one else knows what it is you know it's funny because like i grew up drinking coffee milk but i never drank coffee until i was like way older and when i actually had coffee i was like man this is gross like why do people (laughs) drink this because coffee milk is like sweet you know when you drink chocolate milk it's like super sweet whereas like coffee's just like bitter and gross.
0: It's so, so gross. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry for you both. <laughs> I had two triple shot espressos today, so I'm feeling really good. My body's like really wired at least, but I do yeah, so I just finished my last I got an AeroPress last weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, to make espresso and so my own espresso because I got a milk frother for Christmas and so yeah so I had a lot of espresso with some frothed half and half it was very good wow
2: that's like enough coffee to keep me awake for like the next week
0: mm-hmm. yep <laughs> yep <laughs> that tolerance
2: is impressive uh-huh.
0: <laughs> I love I love my caffeine Oh, it's so good. It's so good. (laughs) It's not something I do every day, though. For every day, I just do a pour over, which is just Mm -hmm. black coffee and then add cream to it or like half and half. But
2: there's a name for that. Yeah. Pour over. I I never heard that.
0: So it's basically, yeah, you take the mechanic out of a coffee pot. So it's like you have a canister and a filter and then you just pour the boiling water over the grounds and it filters out into the. Don't you have to rinse them first? Like you don't have to like rinse the thing
1: to get the the filter and then you have to kind of like go over the beans once like the grounds and then go over them like again in the counterclockwise direction for someone that doesn't drink coffee I somehow know a lot about how to make coffee I was gonna
0: say I'm very <laughs> impressed well I like so it's so it is a lot like a coffee pot is a lot easier because you can program it and so all you have to do like you don't even worry about doing anything you just have to set it at uh, you know at night but mm-hmm. it does not taste good are as good as a pour over like so here's the thing when it filters when the coffee pot filters out into the bottom and then mm-hmm. it has like that hot plate on the bottom to keep it warm I feel like it's it's too hot it scorches the coffee and that's what makes it bitter and it's just like it's, oh. it's not good it's I not good not so, it. but I like pour over because you have control over how long the grounds mm-hmm. are in the water and yeah you you have and then you can like properly measure like how much water you want to put in and so
2: Wow. That's like, like, I literally just thought more about coffee in the past two minutes than I think I've ever thought about <laughs> coffee my whole life. <laughs> Welcome
0: to my world, Nick. <laughs>
2: yeah. Coffee is just like something that like appears in front of me sometimes when I go to a restaurant, you know, it's like, I haven't thought about like where it came from. It's just like, that's sure is coffee right there. There it is.
0: <laughs> Delightful. Over the years, I've gradually now I'm like coffee with a good splash of half and half in there. Uh, I feel like I'm talking about coffee a lot. I just love you it so like... much, <laughs> you guys. Um...
2: You know what? You know what I was just thinking about? Uh, you guys are both exactly age appropriate for this, but you guys watched Rocco's Modern Life growing up. Yeah, of course. Uh, there's this one episode where like the-, the Chameleon Brothers, you know, those two, like the two green guys, They I open don't. they open up this like, well- they open up this like cool hipster cafe uh-huh. with like coffee, and like Rocco goes to it and like he, he takes a sip of it and he's like, Oh my gosh, this is disgusting. This tastes like dirty socks. And like everyone else is like super cool and just like drinking it or whatever. And so they like kidnap him and take him to the back room and tell him like the origin of their coffee, about how they were like captives in like some Middle Eastern country in like this prison. And the king was like this like super tyrant guy. And in order to appease him, they created coffee in their jail cell using their old dirty socks and, and served it to him and uh cool. and then then he was like he like I because he was like trying to act cool he was like oh my gosh this coffee is so amazing and they like bought their freedom because of it and like came to America started their coffee shop it's a hilarious episode
0: oh uh, my wow show. I don't remember yeah. that one but Dragon's <laughs> modern life I can still I can still see the theme song running through my head
1: I'm pretty sure that all the writers of those like Nickelodeon shows were high oh yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah. yeah, I was Those. telling my
1: brother that I'm like, because he was watching it like Invader Zim, and I'm like oh, they were high. when He's like, why do you think that? I'm like, what do you mean why do you I think that? Are you looking <laughs> like, at it? Are you watching a- what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> no one that is sober and not intoxicated, like that has like nothing in their system would write this or draw this.
2: <laughs> you can 100% blame <laughs> my sense of humor on Nickelodeon, like 100%. <laughs> I
1: think that you really like to make people groan with puns and that brings you a lot of joy, but that's not Nickelodeon humor.
2: It's true. I guess that part of it wouldn't be. Some of the more like, edgy is not the right word, but like edgy and sort of like offbeat age appropriate way. That was like kind of Nickelodeon's humor, right? Like where it was like, Disney was like the safe family, (laughs) like, (laughs) But like Nickelodeon in the 90s was like the edgy kids Uh entertainment where it was like the cool like like you could tell it was a bunch of like early 90s like hipster dudes and stuff Uh that were like coming up with these like insane Uh shows and like Nickelodeon was like pretty new at the time because like Uh cable TV was new. They would just kind of let them do whatever they want Uh and it was something. Well,
1: Well, before we move on to our like actually getting into the show i just need to say that i do not hate james bond and i just feel very bad that nick has to wait until october for it to come out after waiting for
0: three years i
2: appreciate that i appreciate that so the backstory to that if, if yeah. you want to tell them i don't know i posted about being said that no time to die was postponed again he <laughs> yeah. said something like sucks to be you or something no like i did not <laughs> <laughs> i actually forget what you said
1: I was like, oh, well, you can just go watch Knives Out.
2: (laughs) That's right. (laughs)
1: Because Daniel Craig's in that. And then you've told me that there's going to be sequels. And I had no idea about that. I'm very excited to find that out. Although I don't know how they're going to do that. But you're like you don't understand how much I love James Bond. I'm like, well, I know you like kind of well enough to know how much you like James Bond, and I feel sad for you. And you were like, I don't think I want to come on the podcast with someone that hates James Bond. I'm like, I don't hate you. I feel bad that you have to wait. I'm gonna
2: dig up this Facebook conversation later. (laughs) You can dig it
1: up right now. (laughs) I I can dig (laughs) it up
2: right now. I'd have to find it though. Uh, uh, Oh wait, here it is. I got it. Um, Because she said. Nicholas, I have known you on Twitter long enough to have a decent sense of how big of a Bond fan you are. I feel sad for you. How would <laughs> you I guys meant, take that?
1: I, meant, I, I know, I understand looking back. I'm like, okay, he took that as like, I feel sad that you like James Bond, but I was really, I feel sad that you have to wait for James Bond to, to come out.
2: Well, I appreciate that. <laughs> You're
1: welcome. Well, I think we should get into our espresso shot.
0: <laughs> yeah, let's do it. So the espresso shot for today comes from St. Thomas Aquinas. It's a little bit mm. of a longer quote, so it's really more mm. of a double shot, but it was so good and I didn't want to, I didn't want to cut it. So it says, or he says, it's a prayer actually that he, that he wrote and it says, give us O Lord, a steadfast heart, which no one where affection may drag downwards, give us an unconquered heart, which no tribulation can wear out. Give us an upright heart, which no unworthy purpose may tempt aside. Bestow upon us also, O Lord our God, an understanding to know you, diligence to seek you, wisdom to find you, and a faithfulness that may finally embrace you, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
2: Amen. Amen. So did you guys know I love St. Thomas Aquinas? Like, I I did. I, I'm just looking at, like, I'll be honest, like I printed out the the talking point sheet and I saw, I saw the thing I, as you were reading it right now. And I was like, this is from one of my favorite prayers. There, there He has a prayer called For Ordering a Life Wisely. Yeah. And this is a slightly different translation than I'm used to. Like mm-hmm. the translation slightly different, but it's like an absolutely unbelievably beautiful prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excerpt from it. So amazing choice.
0: I was just looking and I so I found the second part of that of that prayer and and it did have like a little bit of a different translation from what I included and <clears throat> what I just read off. And then and then I found this longer part for the prayer and um I just I especially really like that first part, a steadfast heart, an unconquered heart, an upright heart. Yeah, I think that is really And these are, these are all just good things to ask too. Mm -hmm. Like it's, I feel like it's such a humble prayer, the understanding to know you and diligence to seek you. And I think I like that part in particular, the, the diligence to seek you, because I think we are designed, we are created to, to seek beauty and truth and goodness. And when we seek those things, like we are naturally brought to God like to Christ like he is truth he is beauty he is goodness and so seeking true beauty and true goodness is something that leads us to Christ and sometimes we can try to look for those things in ways or in places that are not going to lead us to true beauty and true goodness and so yeah so diligence to seek that diligence to kind of stay on the path I I don't know I really liked that part
2: yeah the thing about Uh, St. Thomas Aquinas is I think a lot of people just think of him as like this amazing philosopher which he was like was an amazing philosopher just this like walking brain of a human being I feel like he's kind of like thought of as but like if you read his prayers I actually have a little prayer book with a bunch of Aquinas's prayers (laughs) they're just they're all like this like (laughs) they're all just like so humble so like you could tell like his prayers are just like The basis of all of them is just like, God, Mm -hmm. I just like want to do your will. You know, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. I know that like I'm nothing compared to you and Mm -hmm. I just want to do, I want to go where you want me to go and do what you want to do. There's, there are stories about Thomas Aquinas that he used to, he used to go to, he used to go to two masses Mm -hmm. every day. One, he would say he was a priest and the other one he would just be attendants at. Mm -hmm. And he used to cry during the consecration at every mass like he was like very well known for doing that he mm. just had this like incredible relationship with the eucharist
1: mm. yeah wow and it's like like we want to have that kind of relationship with the eucharist i mean i think we're all seeking out marriage in the end for in our vocations all three of us and we're looking for someone that's is also centered around the Eucharist and understands the presence and just how big and important that is.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: This is just like making me just like go through my thoughts. I'm like, wow, oh, like.
2: Yeah. Aquinas is, is good. Like he's good for everything. Yeah. That's what I guess I'm getting at is like, yeah. he's good for the philosophy, but like mm-hmm. his prayers, he's so like poetic. Yeah. He, is,
0: he is very poetic. I found another one that I just really liked this is just an extra quote basically you can take care of yourself by a good sleep a hot bath and a glass of wine it's like you can alleviate sorrow and I was like oh he knows he knows the good things like I'll have a cup of tea please that I already do
1: (laughs) I, I relax with a cup of chamomile tea but I'm just looking over this quote and I this is like definitely how sometimes like when you're in the dating world you're sometimes you're kind of like, okay, are my standards a little bit too high? Am I too stringent? And then you try to be a little bit looser be like, okay, maybe like I need to be a little bit more open-minded. And then like you meet people, you're like, oh, <laughs> like then you're just like, okay, this is actually a very serious thing. And I can't just be like loose about this. And then you're just like, oh yeah, there are people that are just like unworthy. You need someone that is striving for the same, like, cause we're all trying to get to have it. Like our end game is heaven and Mm -hmm. being united with Christ. And we're looking for people that are also chasing after that and not, not people that we think are going to try to keep us from getting there.
2: Right. And that's, I mean, that's the end goal of marriage, right? Is to like Mm -hmm. get each other and your kids to heaven. So Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah.
1: So there was somebody like a good friend of mine, still a good friend that wanted to date me but there was like obstacles. There's I had hesitations because there was different factors, and I explained these factors. But I wasn't like explaining it for like them to improve them for me. It was like, hey, here are some things for you to work on for the next person, and then they they worked on them, and I noticed. Uh, I did not know it was for me, but it was, I guess, and. Then like a month later, I was like, hey, I like you. (laughs) And I mean, it didn't work out, but that was something that it was, I don't, I think that we shouldn't be afraid to give people like constructive criticism to be like, hey, here are some areas that I think you need to work on that, and not necessarily for us, but like something for them to think about, like, hey, here are some areas that don't really work for me. And like, cause I think that we all Mm. need to know what our areas of weakness are to improve, to become better, holier people and to get into relationships that we know are gonna lead us to heaven.
2: Yeah, I guess I kind of, I I see what you're saying. Mm -hmm. I kind of go both ways on that. Mm -hmm. No, like I, you know, it's funny. I just went out with uh, some buddies last night, Mm -hmm. one of them who had just ended a relationship after four years. Mm And we were just kind of, you know, we were talking a lot and like he was talking about, you know, like what the future of his dating life and he's Catholic, Mm -hmm. all these guys I was with was Catholic and it's, it's very important to them. And I was like, you know, Flirting to convert is not something that you should. No, probably oh, do, no, that's definitely you know? not what I was doing. No, I know that's not what you're <laughs> okay. doing. But, but I guess what I'm saying is like, you don't want to see a project in somebody. No. you know what yeah. I mean? Like, it's like, and I feel like it's different on like a dating level versus mm-hmm. like a friendship level, right? Like, because yeah. on a friendship level, it's you, you like, you take people for wherever they're at. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It doesn't really matter. Yeah, that's be friends it, it, with anybody
1: yeah friendship is very different from romantic people
2: right and like if if you know like if somebody wants help or if somebody wants like advice or like you know you have just a really close friendship where you can be like honest with each other about Mm -hmm. that stuff I think that that's awesome like I think that's exactly what friendship is all about Mm -hmm. right I think when it comes to like a romantic partner, like the one person that you're going to hmm. spend the rest of your life with. I think that like the standards are just different, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and and it's not like, not like in like a judgy way. Because like you also in, don't I'm want them to do
1: things for you. You want them to be doing things for themselves and for their
2: own pursuit of the kingdom. Right. And, and like, I feel like, you know, as a Catholic, it's like, I definitely want somebody that I can share my faith with. I I don't, you know what I mean? Like if that's, if if you have like a huge discrepancy in that right off the bat, Mm -hmm. it's, I'm not saying it's impossible that like you guys could come together about it at some point, but I think you're just like, you're starting off on the edge of a cliff. You know what I mean? Like you're just starting from a really bad spot. Oh, okay. You know, and this is something I've just like learned dating over the past couple of years is I just. I feel like that's your core fundamental values.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: I, Regardless of how good you are at following those values, right? (laughs) But I think your core fundamental values have to match. And then you work from there to try to make yourselves better people, right? Uh Uh-huh. But I I think having that same like foundation as in like what your goals are, not exactly who you are, but where you wanna go. I yeah. think that, that match is super important.
1: And I, I want to point out that I think that there is something to be said for so somebody could have like an end goal that they match okay. with somebody else with, but they don't have a plan. They don't have an idea for like they're doing things that aren't gonna help them reach that goal.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I think like you know that's like your own personal judgment, and like right. you know like when when you when we have discussions like this, like I feel like super judgy about other people and stuff, and like I feel like it can come off that way to an extent. Uh-huh. That's I, I don't enough. think that I
1: don't agree with that you are coming off that way, but I can understand why you think
2: that. No. And like all, I guess I'm saying like, just from a super high level, like not even specifically for us Catholics, like from a super high level, I think like when you're talking about dating, you want to date people whose values and worldview is compatible with yours. Mm -hmm. If you date somebody who has a completely different worldview than you, it might be fun for a while, but like once the push comes to shove on some of these issues, you have to make some calls about some of these things Yes. run into huge problems that mm-hmm. could have been avoided, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's hard because like going out on dates is, is all fine. But like, yeah, when you get into like that long-term status, you really want to have those things in mind because kind of like what you were saying, Nick, like if you don't, have in common some of those very fundamental things that is the foundation Mm -hmm. don't have that to begin with you know it is gonna it is gonna come crashing down at some point
2: so I've I've told both of you that I came out of a long-term relationship a few years ago Mm -hmm. but I was you know I was dating app thing for a while I was you know trying to like, me, because like, I had never really dated very much prior to my breakup that my breakup of my long term relationship, you know, like the only relationships I had had before were from friends, I already knew that, like, you know, it became more, but I don't know, dating was always like a weird thing to me and not something I was like, particularly super excited to do. And, and so I try, I, you know, I decided to give some of some of the dating apps to try and like Mm -hmm. one thing I learned the hard way a couple of times is like when it comes to your core foundational values and beliefs Mm -hmm. there is no such thing as too soon to bring it up like literally like even like in the first conversation you have I don't think it's I think that you do that with people like you've done like (laughs) when you were
1: in on dating apps you would be like hey here's what I'm about
2: Yeah, and I think the problem, because the problem is like you're on these sites, especially like the secular dating apps. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there's all kinds of people with all kinds of different values looking for all different things. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And like the three of us go like, we're all marriage focused, looking for the person we want to marry in the church and have children with and spend the rest of our lives with. That already puts you in a different category than a lot of the other people on those sites. Because like the thing is, why waste people's time you know what I mean and like that's not just like me saying like oh don't waste my time that's like me like trying to be understanding other people too yeah
0: it's your time and it's an investment not only your time your emotions and like everybody's and it's like both people
1: because you don't want to waste their time on like being someone that's like okay I could only date you for so long until it was like hey here's the breaking point it's like okay we can't go on any further because you don't line up with, with like my values
2: and goals why put someone through all the emotion mm. of dating? And, like, you know, I mean, you guys know what that's like. I I just, one thing I learned like after doing those for a while is I hate my own emotional energy getting wasted. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like not wasted, but just, you know, like you spend all this time thinking about somebody trying to think about potential fun dates, trying to figure out if you even like this person, if you're attracted to this person, like Mm -hmm. all of these different things. And if there's something so major as like your core foundational values Mm -hmm. that you're completely at odds with. If you find that out three, four months down the road, it's like, what was the point of all of that? You know, you could have saved both of your times and emotional energy Mm -hmm. and investment and you know, monetary investment in some case, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I I just, that's, that's like the one takeaway I just learned is to just don't be afraid to be super upfront about that stuff. Be nice about it. Like, don't be Mm. a jerk about it. There's no reason to be a jerk about it.
0: And I think the more time you spend with someone that the more like you see those things come out, if they have those core values, if they have those similar things that you have, that comes out, they, they live it, you can see it. And so- That is, it is important to do that early on.
1: I just want to point out that we're all in our late twenties and our thirties, and we're not getting younger. There's like even less time that we want to waste. Like, like there's like so much time where it's like, okay, like I could spend a couple months talking to somebody that really isn't lining up, or I could be spending that time with someone that's like actually giving myself the opportunity to meet someone that will line up with that.
0: Yeah, I think it's also not even just about I don't have time to waste. It's also like. I know myself better. And I know through experience what works with me and what doesn't. And so I know more of what I'm looking for. And so I think it's both. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like it is both. It's just, I'm more sure of myself. I know, I know what I'm looking for. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a guy that I, I decided that I was not gonna, I didn't want to go out with him anymore because he implied that he only wanted two children. I'm like, Yeah, that's really not going to cut it for me. You need to be open to like a few more. (laughs) Just because like I come from a big family and I, God willing, would like a big family. I'm okay. I'm like totally okay if God only gives me like one to three children, but I don't want a guy having like a dozen. Like, okay, here, the cutoff point is two or three. I'm like, um, that's really not going to work for me. (laughs)
2: And the thing is, like, I've actually had this conversation with my non-religious friends, you know, Mm -hmm. people that have very different worldviews than me, and they they all pretty much agree on this. You know what I mean? Like, all of them have said, it's nice to just figure out, you know, why someone's there and what they're looking for Mm -hmm. sooner rather than later. You know, like, this isn't just about our particular situation. Like, I just feel like it's kind of a general courtesy thing yeah you know? and especially mm-hmm. when we live in a world now with so many different world views so many different reasons that you know people would want to be dating mm-hmm. I-, I think it's just in everyone's best interest to just be very forward about that stuff if you're doing something like dating apps where like you're just meeting a bunch of random people which <laughs> I have opinions about now but But, but like, if you're going to do that, I I think like you just owe it to everyone else there Mm -hmm. to not be a Mm -hmm. jerk and be polite and just be respectful to people. Like, remember that the the people on those dating sites are people, right? They're not just random pictures on the internet, you know? And like, especially when you're dealing with dating, you're dealing with emotions, you're Mm -hmm. dealing with all this stuff and to just like treat them like you would treat somebody that's standing right in front of you, you know?
1: Yeah. Mm -hmm. I also think that it's worth reading people. If, if you're on an app, read their profile, <laughs> read the profile, put out like whatever you are looking for, put it into your profile and also read the profiles. Like, cause I just, I had two men that actually were like, they, they did get what I was about cause they actually read it. And so they like messaged me and like one guy was trying to set me up with his friend. He's a really cool guy. Um, I did not meet the friend, but the guy's a cool guy. And then he was telling me that, He, Because I was telling him about different experiences I had. He's like, that's so weird that this is what's happening to you. People are clearly not reading your profile because you have these things distinctly listed. And he's like, that's why I'm even talking to you to begin with. Not even like as a romantic pursuit, but like as a person because you're worth talking to.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So Nick, you had mentioned, you know, you came off of a long-term relationship that's like, it's it's a hard thing to go through is a breakup like that, especially a long term relationship. But I think from that, like, I think that time is time is a healer. It's a slow healer, but it can heal. But it is it is a growing experience. When you think about your time, like since being since coming off of that relationship, mm-hmm. when you think about your time, like what's something that you've learned, another like another area of growth that you've yeah. that you've considered or that you've that you've learned about yourself?
2: Well, so one thing I think I definitely took with me over those years is like, I learned that there's no wasted time, right? Like, I think that like one of the biggest temptations and like something that I was even facing coming out of that relationship Mm -hmm. was to be like, man, I was in this relationship for almost six years. This is like most of my twenties. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I, 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 we had started dating when I was Mm -hmm. 21 and I was almost 27 when we broke up and I think it's super tempting to go oh my gosh like there's six years of my life I'll never get back or like Mm -hmm. there's six years of my youth that I'll never get back and like it's frustrating it's a frustrating thought like it's a super frustrating thought but I, I think I think about how much I I grew over those years how much I learned not just like Outside of that relationship, but just being in that relationship. I I mean, I learned so much about relating to someone else and having somebody else like that in your life. I grew so much as a person. And I think to think that like, oh, I wish I could just like reset my life back to where before it all started, I think is just a huge mistake of a thought. I don't know. Like, so for instance, one of the things I always tell people I learned is you guys know me. I'm not always the most emotional person, let's say. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm much more of like sort of like a logical brain type person. But I guess, you know, the girl I had been with for a long time was a very emotional person. And like she very, you know, thought things emotionally. And I think that when we first started dating, I had a really hard time like crossing that gap. And just like the difference our brains worked how to handle tough situations. Mm -hmm. And like, I had bad emotional intelligence, I think is probably how you would put it. So like, over that six years, I developed, I think, a decent skill into crossing that gap into going like, okay, this is how my brain works. And this is how her brain works. Mm -hmm. And like, how do we communicate during these really hard times? And like, what are each other looking for? You know, like, I learned the hard way that a lot of people don't just want advice when things are bad, you know, <laughs> like they want somebody to just talk to and hear them mm-hmm. out and feel heard, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? And I got better at doing that as the years went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely not perfect. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't feel like I'll ever be like the highest emotional intelligence person out there, but I feel like with, I can mm-hmm. I can see that in other people now and like learn how to relate to those people a lot more. If those six years taught me nothing else, like that's an amazing skill to have, you know, I guess what I'm saying is like, don't kick yourself, you know what I mean, like even like all the fun times and stuff you've had with that person, all the silly adventures you went on and all of the good times like that doesn't just all blow up in smoke the second you break up you know like Mm -hmm. those were still like quality meaningful times to you that you had and like you can still look upon some of those once you you know like there's definitely some grieving and stuff to do but once Mm -hmm. you get past that you can look back at those times and go man that was fun or you can think Mm -hmm. about like stupid jokes you had with them and go yeah that was hilarious you don't have to erase that part of your life from your memory (laughs) you know
1: Um, So Nick, I just wanted to kind of just ask about how you did deal with that pain.
2: So I was the one that sort of did the breaking up. I was the one that initialized it. And I think that in my opinion at the time, I felt like I was jumping off a cliff. That's what Mm -hmm. I tell people, you know, it's like I I was expecting this relationship to probably be the one I was in for the rest of my life, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't have like a plan B. I decided to break things off because of issues and stuff that we had. But there, it wasn't like, oh, I see the grass greener somewhere else. You know what I mean? Like this was just, I don't know what's going to happen to my life. I don't know what my future is. I thought I kind of had my life mapped out in front of me. And now it's like, I have absolutely no idea Mm -hmm. you know it just it felt like just jumping off a cliff and like man I hope that there's some water at the bottom that I fall (laughs) into you know but it's scary but like one thing I was super glad I did and one thing I'll make sure I never don't do again well I'll make sure that no matter what relationship I ever get into I abide by this is that Mm. I kept my friendships through that relationship I had good friends and I, I feel like I maintained most of those relationships. I mean, like, obviously when you're in a relationship, you know, the amount of time you have is different to put into your friendships and stuff. Mm. But don't forget about your friends when you <sighs> yep. get into a relationship. Yeah, Stay invested in them because the second my life went nuts after that all happened, all of my friends were right there for me. Mm-hmm. And like, I was, say we were able to like go out and do stuff. And I was able to just kind of like, remember what life was like before this relationship. And it was like, this, this wasn't so terrible, you know, like I have good friends and yeah, it's important, you know?
1: Yeah. Um, I'm glad that you did that because I had a friend that her first relationship, her ex was someone that was very greedy with her attention. And he really took pride in, me having almost no phone calls with her once they got into relationship. He's like, oh well, Ooh. she's dating me. And so she's like, we're gonna spend as much time on the phone together as we as we will. And I'm like, hey, and I would like literally call him that. I'm like, hey, this is not cool. And then I even like had a quote, I was like, when you find when you fall in love, don't forget the friends that loved you first, because you still need bridesmaids. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and like yeah. what's it uh, one of you guys might know better, but like the ancient Greeks or whatever, like, you know, they have like all those different words for love. There's like yeah. love and there's romantic love and mm-hmm. all of this.
1: Filial love.
2: Filial love. Filial love is like friendship love, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And and so like, I think in their philosophy or whatever, they always ranked filial love above romantic love. That like the ultimate ideal, the love of friends is more important in some respects than romantic love. I I think that, and I think that that's something that's like not worth forgetting. And it's definitely not something our society teaches us. Mm -hmm. Like our society teaches us that romantic love is like the end all and be all, you know, like you find that person and you just go off and live happily ever after and everything's fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I think as somebody in a relationship and, as a friend outside of a relationship, I think you both have a responsibility to maintain that friendship, regardless of what's going on, you know, because like we all know that things happen, you know, a good friendship, that's something that'll endure whatever crazy things go on in your romantic love life, you know? Mm
0: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was in a a circle of friends once that it was kind of like a a running joke. Oh, they started dating someone. Well. It's nice to know on them I guess we'll we'll see them maybe sometime eventually Aww. I don't know but it's just like oh, that man. was like the running joke is like when people in that circle started dating someone mm-hmm. they like they disappear and I remember there was one of our friends who dated someone for a year and we like we didn't see her and it was just she just for for a year like we saw her at a couple of things like she showed up with her with her guy that she was dating and but they were very much in their in their little bubble and we tried including and she just wanted to be with her boyfriend which she okay, that's your choice. That's fine. <laughs> right. You know, Cause you do want to invest when you, when you have someone like that, you do want to invest that time with them. Then they broke up after bad, after about a year of dating and she, she came back to us and it was just kind of like, so much has happened in this year, like with us. Um, and we're happy to be that support for you because this sucks that you're going through this kind of breakup. She's heartbroken, but it was also just kind of this weird, like we had to almost like get reacquainted with each other again because we hadn't seen her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. in in a year throughout that relationship not really not in the same way um, right right it's just it's kind of awkward
1: yeah um, I I had a friend that um you know in my early 20s and he was late teens early 20s he got a girlfriend when he got to college and he was like we were we were really good friends like we would talk online all the time and then he went to college with his best friend but like even they barely saw each other because of the relationship and he like the best friend and I like he and I would text be like hey like we'd like check in like and then like we'd give each other updates on like the group of friends like out near me and then like the group of friends that was like by him like at college and because there were some friends where they went to school and there was like some friends like out near me and so like we had to keep each other updated and be like hey what's going on and then like about after a year or two years the relationship broke up and but the entire time he's like yeah he says he's gonna make time to see us and like like have lunch with me and he still hasn't done it and I'd be like wow that's really unhealthy relationship (laughs) and then he messaged me he was like hey we broke up are you still my friend like are you still here I'm like dude it's been two years I am yeah I'm still here but like there's been a lot that's happened like I've grown like I'm not the same person that I was as a friend a year or
2: two years ago (laughs) and I I think it sends kind of a really crappy message to friends if it's like the only reason I'm friends with you and the only reason I want to hang out with you is because I don't have a romantic partner right now Mm -hmm. you know like that's like Think of, like, I don't thanks know, like, I, yeah, <laughs> thanks a lot. You know, like, that's what your friendship means to me. Yeah. You no, know, it's like, I'm good. But the second you find what you really want, you're out, you know? Right. I, and I, I think that a- another thing, I think you had mentioned that one of your friends was with a guy who was like very possessive of her time, that is. in in my opinion, is a huge red flag going into any relationship. And I've seen that from both guys and girls. Like that is not like a gender specific.
1: No, it's not. Great
2: obviously like the temptations there to just like want to spend tons of time with the yeah, person you're of course they're your a favorite good,
1: person like you're right. attracted to them you find them cool and interesting and funny and you're just like yes I want to be talking to you right that's a good healthy thing
2: <laughs> but I do think like if someone's like oh like you know now that you have me like you can't see like your best your friend that has been your best friend for mm-hmm. 15 years anymore like that's yeah. a huge red flag yeah I mean mm-hmm. like
1: and like I've had times where like I've Definitely texted a guy more than like my girlfriends because the guy was just much more interesting and it was like and he was there for me through different things, but yeah, like that's you do need to be having good boundaries,
0: yeah, Yeah. or just like like a good balance, like so for me personally. I'm very independent. It's to the point where maybe I'm a little bit too independent, but I've said um, that about myself too. Oh, so I'm it. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: So like when I, you know, like, I don't know, one time I was dating a guy who, who tended to be like a little bit more introverted. And so like, he needed time to just be introvert, like just like recharge and mm-hmm. I'd be like, that's fine. I'm going to go see a movie. I'm going like, to I'm gonna go do this thing. <laughs> thing. Like, I'm like, I'm totally fine, you know, or like, I'm going to go have girls night. You can, or like, be like, go, go, go have you fun actually, with your friends. <laughs> you it, that's a good it.
2: sign. If, if, if he, if that's what he was saying to you though, that's a good thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: Is it weird that I'm actually not like a huge fan of girls night? Like, I'm like, cause I like need like a nice balance of like estrogen and testosterone around me. I'm like, I'm the girl that was like, Hey guy, like guy friend, want to come join girls night? We need some, like, we need a mix here. I think
2: there are times for different things. That's just my opinion. Like, it's like the, the atmosphere is always a little different, right? Yeah. You know, like the atmosphere when you're with just other people of your yours right. versus like a more mixed crowd. It's very rare. I'll do like an exclusive guys night with friends, but like mm-hmm. I had one last night because mm-hmm. we were talking about guy stuff, specifically relationship stuff, you uh-huh. know? Like, and it's like, when you're talking about relationship stuff, I feel like that can be appropriate. You know what <laughs> I mean? To just like, I mean,
1: there was stuff that the we same
2: sex with similar perspectives.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely stuff that like I would only
2: talk about in an exclusively girl. <laughs> group. Right. That's what, like, it's a little more comfortable. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's, it's, it's just like the fact, like a crowd of people, Mm -hmm. like you can open up to a crowd of people. I feel like of your own sex, just a little bit more than you could open up to a crowd of people that are mixed. And like, I think that's different one-on-one is, Mm -hmm. is I guess what I'm getting at. Cause like, like I would personally say that like one-on-one I can open up usually easier to girls than I can Mm -hmm. other guys. I don't know if that's just like a guys, girls thing, but I, I don't know. Um,
1: I-, I don't think it's uh just because I I'm the same way. And I don't know if it's like a guys versus girl just things with like who I open up to more, but like maybe it's the personality of, 100%. Each of them. But I do there's time there's definitely a time for like just like the girls or just the guys and that's for like different conversations but I think that like for myself I like to have that in like more of a like a limited dose just because I find that I have a healthier mindset and perspective in like conversational when it is a mix just because I feel like you don't spend too much time in topics that only need to be just be like touched on it just it just kind of keeps it all healthier but that's just me I think that it's different for everybody else mm-hmm
2: it depends on the person too like you said
0: yeah yeah and no just like yeah for me it, it doesn't necessarily matter who it is it's just like how well i know them mm-hmm. i have a best friend who's a girl and a best friend who's a guy so yeah you know sometimes i choose like what i talk to them about because mm-hmm. because it's gender specific but yeah it just depends on how well i know them too
2: yeah <laughs> so like to get back to your original question sarah though you were asking me about you know like how i managed it after my breakup. So I would say one, don't be afraid to lean on your friends and hopefully you kept them mm. while you were in the relationship. And the other thing too, for me, almost like a very similar idea, but instead of with your friends, with your faith. Um, so I feel like while I was in a relationship, my faith has always been important to me. That's mm-hmm. like always been, uh, uh, you know, I, my Catholic faith has always been important to me. So that's something that was definitely still part of my life in during my relationship. But after I, once I found myself single again, I was like, oh, like this is kind of an amazing opportunity. Like, one, I'm getting closer to my friends again, maybe, than I was in my relationship. You know, I'm getting back in touch with my friends. I'm like, we're, we're doing things more often, you know. In the same sense like my faith life i also have a huge opportunity here too to Mm -hmm. like make to get into this more and to make god a bigger part of my life again and i I don't know if i had like a specific answer as to like how i was going to do that originally Mm -hmm. but my answer kind of came to me about a year or so later when i decided to just kind of off the cuff there was a theology on tap event going on at a bar just a few miles from my house. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'll go check this out. Like, this sounds like fun, awesome lecture on the Trinity. It was super cool. Um, but I just, I, I sat at a table. It, they were like these like long tables and like some other young adults, my age sat there. And before the lecture started, they were like, Hey, you know, like we're from a, we have like a young adult group up in Massachusetts, which is like, you know, a bit of a drive from where I am, but not, not too much. And they were like, we're always like looking for new people and tomorrow night we're doing Friday night adoration. If you want to come. And I, it was first Friday adoration. And I'm I'm not like the most super extroverted. I always need social type of person. What I, I, I think like whenever it's like, Oh, meeting new people and going somewhere new, like there's like an instinct inside of me. That's like, Oh, no, nah, just don't worry about that. You know? But I think that, but like, I was like, you know what this is, could be an awesome opportunity. Like I need to like stop being such a coward and just go to things like this. And so I went to first Friday adoration with them, spent an hour in the chapel with them. And then we all went out to eat after, and they were just like the most amazing group of people. I just really felt like I clicked with them almost immediately. And one of the things I realized is that I have some amazing friends, like particularly like my handful of friends that I still talk to from high school. Like we're very close. We've always been very close, but none of them pra- None of them are practicing Catholics. And I think what I realized in hanging out with this group for the first time is like, man, oh man, is it cool just to have other practicing Catholics to relate to? Like mm-hmm. I never knew how much I needed that until I found that group. Mm-hmm. And I just started going to some of their events and things just, things were just awesome. You know, like I felt like I was getting deeper in my faith. I could have discussions with, uh, you know, difficult discussions sometimes about our faith, how it relates to the world. Mm-hmm. I was learning so much more. And I just felt like that was like a massive boost to my faith life um, that I didn't even know was possible or was Mm -hmm. out there you know and it was just like this amazing opportunity that just Mm -hmm. presented itself to me so Mm -hmm. faith is not something you want to definitely don't give it up in a relationship and definitely make sure your faith isn't just something that you go to in difficult times you know like Mm -hmm. I, I feel like there's like a temptation to do that and just if you keep your faith like constant then like in those times where you really hit the floor you're gonna you're really glad you have it. Yeah. I know that was a lot. I know I kind of. Remember. No, no, it was
0: all so good. It was all so good because I, I think being in, in a relationship, as long as you were or like being in a long-term relationship, you know, you start to picture, okay, this might be it. And, you know, you kind of start making those plans, um, at least in your mind, if, you know, if not, maybe even talking about it with that other person. And then to have that end, just kind of like, you know, Nick, you mentioned it, it was kind of like jumping off a cliff. Because you're just like this is this is not what I had pictured, mm-hmm. this is not the direction that I thought this was going to go, mm-hmm. and I think that can be hard. Because I'm I'm sure it was frustrating. It wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't easy. It's not easy. But the beautiful thing about God is He can take something that's messy or broken or you're just like so unsure about <laughs> it, and He can take it and make it into something beautiful. And only God can do that. And so yeah, like it sucks but I've always believed in time as a healer. Yeah. So like, if you can give that, that take that, that brokenness and that hurt and just offer it in mm. faith as hard as that can be. And to just like, try to be open and to trust that God knows what he's doing, that you like, you will always benefit from that. And I'm just like giving that to him and letting him sort it out. like I'll be I'll be over here you do your thing
2: and and the last thing you want to do is like come out of something like that and then immediately start making more plans right you got to give yourself it's okay to grieve like it's okay to just be like my life is just going to be a little directionless right now like that's okay you know right and it actually it's only going to end in disaster if like Mm -hmm. your immediate response is like oh now I got to find somebody else or now I got to do this or now like you need time to grieve like you just Mm -hmm. came off of I don't like your brain is just so all over the place like you know Mm -hmm. I don't even know how to describe it and it's like it took me way longer than I ever thought it would to get over it you know and I feel Mm -hmm. like as of like a a year or two ago I could comfortably say that like yeah it's definitely behind me now Mm -hmm. but like don't try to just yeah don't like end your plan and then immediately start making more plans just like let give yourself some time like it's okay mm-hmm. yeah. yeah
1: and you said that there was no plan b and like this was your plan a like and uh, like there was planning involved at that point in your relationship for the future like this is end game like this is it mm-hmm. and so to go from like okay we are planning for thinking we're going to get married and then you're not. And that's kind of, you jumped off a cliff and that's kind of like, so like re- like releasing that control of like that planning to God and like, okay, God, I, I have faith and I'm taking a leap of faith right now. And I'm going to see what the heck you have actually planned for me. Cause apparently this wasn't the right thing. Right. Yeah. And that's,
2: you have to be okay with saying like, I don't know what the right thing is for my life, but I mm-hmm. know it's not this, you yeah. know? And, and, you you, and like, you, okay, that's and it. To,
1: and to have that trust in God that he does know and he has, he's going to provide. Mm-hmm. Right.
2: Right. Exactly. And, and like, I'm still figuring out what that divine will is right now, you know, <laughs> but yeah. it is what it is. You know, I, I, I tell people, As much as painful as it was, and like, as long as it took me to grieve, and as long as it really took me to get over it, like, because it took me a long time. Mm -hmm. I never regretted it. You know what I mean? Like, even in those initial months, I was always like, No, I made the right decision. It sucks. And like, I wish it wasn't like this. And I wish that we had fixed things. And I wish that things were completely different but like you got to like see things for what they are you know what i mean Mm -hmm. it's not what you want isn't the same thing as what reality is you know Oh my
0: gosh yeah exactly (laughs) Uh, that's that's something so that's for me personally but like that's the hardest thing is like to try and stay grounded because for me personally i see the potential in everything like versus reality
2: that's I not a bad quality, though. In a lot it's of ways, it's
0: not. But it's also really hard to be like, okay. But the reality is this: I'm the girl who sits there and watches watches like chick flicks. And like when a couple breaks and up, i like, if she would just say this and he would just do that, <laughs> it would be fine, and everything would be great. But the reality is, is this, and that's where that gets me in trouble. But I think you're right. Is looking back, we are human. We have we have things that we work through, and. We have to face the reality of it, whatever like things in the clouds or like dreams in the clouds that you have. You know, you see the potential, and the potential can be great. But also, people are people, and they have free will, and they make their own their own choices. So.
2: Right. Yeah. I think like potential thinking that way, exactly like what you're saying is probably what kept me in that relationship for so long, you know, because like none of the problems that ended the relationship were things that, you know, four or five years earlier, I would have been like totally surprised to hear. You know what I mean? I, I just think you go, you go like, oh no, like I put this effort in and they put this effort in, then things could be fixed. Like you can clearly work out scenarios where like this all ends up perfect. I just think at some point you just kind of confront the reality of it where it's like, this is, yeah, like I know if this and this and this happens, this could work, but this and this and this is never going to happen. It is what it is. But like, I I guess what I'm saying is like, I relate to you 100%, Sarah, because like, I wouldn't probably wouldn't have been there for that long if I didn't think of potential like you were saying, you know?
0: Just like giving like the benefit of the doubt and be like, well, maybe, maybe we'll see what happens. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that's that's a good quality to have. You know what I mean? Because like you don't want to be the person that just packs up and leaves whenever the like the second the S hits the fan, you know? Because that's not like, you know, if you're going to get married someday.
0: There's, you can't. You you, you got to fight it out. You got to work it out.
2: You got to figure yeah. it out, right? Like that's a good quality to a lot of extent, to a, mm-hmm. to a huge extent. But I think especially in the stages of dating and stuff, there is a time where you have to just go like, this just you got to look at the reality in front of you I guess Mm -hmm,
1: yeah yeah. I think something to be said for that relationship and like I guess that you so sometimes like me I'll look back on things and be like oh if I had just done that one thing like if I had just like worked harder at this thing and I think because we've talked about this before you really put left it all behind like you really there was no like stone that was unturned that you didn't try to like work and make things work and that's something I think that's a valuable thing to be capable of doing because going forward you know how to like you're not going to just like give up on things unless it's obviously it needs to be given up on but If there's something that needs to be fixed, you'll probably be like, okay, yeah, let's, let's like work on this. And if it's not going to work, then okay. But you, like, you aren't going to be able to look back on regrets, like what you could have done differently besides recognize red flags and be like, oh, well.
2: And you guys know, you guys both know I'm an extremely stubborn person, right? So like, (laughs) I know, I know, I know. It's, it's like, it's my greatest strength and greatest weakness. I I see. Yeah, I'm not the kind of person that just like turns tail the second things go bad. I-, I also think that like there is a quality to being able to recognize that things are unfixable outside of your control at some mm-hmm. point, you know, mm-hmm. and that's something I'm probably too stubborn to recognize <laughs> for too long.
0: I can I can relate to this a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because I think like, you know, and maybe this is just like something that I've, I've seen from my own parents in my own experience, like watching them, like they work hard at their marriage and like, and I'm not afraid of hard work or to do hard things. And so that's where, you know, so I will, I will try and I will put in the effort and I will do what I can. But yeah, you're mm-hmm. There is a time where you just have to say, okay, I've done what I can. And this is, it's very clear that this is not, this is not working. There's right. only so far that you can go before you just, have you call it for what it is. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: And we always talk about like love being a choice, right? Like, yes. like love isn't just a feeling, you know what I mean? And if you go into a relationship with that idea that love is this amazing feeling you have with this person and it's just, you're going to feel that way until you're like 85 oh. and die or whatever. You're really setting yourself up for failure, you know, like nice love. idea. Right. It's, I mean, it sounds great, but you know, I feel like that's like a big problem in our society nowadays where like everyone sees love and romance as just this feeling and they get it for somebody and they just expect it to last forever. And like Mm -hmm. loving someone is, that stuff is awesome. Like I, I, I'm not trying to like dismiss like feelings for each other and like all these awesome moments and stuff, but I do think you have to realize that that's not a foundation to build a house on, you know, like. You got to have something below that. You got to have a commitment to that person. Love is the commitment. Love is, you know, the outpouring of yourself for that other person. The feelings are an amazing bonus, but they're Mm -hmm. not the foundation of the relationship.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Those feelings of love, I... People that I've talked to have been married. They'll be the first ones to say, you know, like, it's not all romantic chick flick montages, you know, or like, (laughs) you're like, frolicking through fields and laughing while you're on bike rides. And like, it's, it's very real, especially when you, when you throw kids into it and you have family life. And so a lot of married, married people that I've talked to have said, you kind of like, it kind of like goes in waves, you know, like you have your really good, Mm. good times And then there are times where it's hard and it's a fight every single day. And then it comes back up and and you just, and you work through it. One couple that I said, it's those really good times that really help when things are not good. Mm, Um, Interesting. Yeah. And you remember those things and like why you chose that person. You chose to commit to them, make that commitment. So
2: I don't know, like I do feel like there is there was things that happened in our society in sort of like the middle part of last century where marriage, the ideas of marriage, the ideals of marriage changed a lot. And I, I just feel like people turn tail on the first sight of bad times. You know, like that's why the divorce rate is so high right now, is because people just turn. And, and, but if you go back a generation, if you go back to like our grandparents generation or like our great grandparents generation, you look at all these couples that had these like exorbitantly long marriages, you know, and it's like, they figured it out. The idea that like back then everything was great is, is crazy. You know, our, you know, our grandparents generation lived through some of the hardest times in the history of the world, you know, in world war one and, and, World War Two and the Great Depression and like those were tough times. And like yeah. if 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 like times are going to make a divorce, divorces happen and stuff. Like those were it. And I don't know. A lot of them had like commitment to each other. That yeah. I I don't know. I feel like it's just like a value that's just been lost over the years a little bit.
0: Yeah. What can be challenging, I think, in dating is like, well, I'm not marriage committed to this person. So like, right. how do I know what to like work through before I decide. It can, it can be tricky.
2: You hit, yeah. the, you hit the nail on the head right there, Seth. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, that's like yeah. the question that we like spend forever wrestling with, right? Yeah. I get that. <laughs> yeah.
1: I did just think about my own grandparents. I think that one, like part of the glue in their relationships and their marriages was just how strong their faith was, because mm-hmm. I believe that they were all very compatible and how devout they were as Catholics and their prayer lives. And that has been such an example mm-hmm. for me in my own life with just how to be happy as an individual, because they are some of the they're, they're some of the happiest people, mm-hmm. and some of the people that I knew that were like the saddest people were those that rejected faith, like the Catholic faith. And were like, Oh no, I'm an atheist. I'm agnostic. I'm like, whatever. And very open to lives that would not be conducive to happiness. And that's definitely something I've learned from my grandparents was just how essential prayer is and faith.
2: Right. And I think that like faith, people that have strong faith, they're, they know they're being Mm. held accountable for their actions. Right. Mm -hmm. And that changes the way that they come into a relationship, you know, where they both have prayer lives and they both, you know what I mean? Like they have like a set of morals and values Mm -hmm. and they both individually develop a relationship with God and also develop a relationship with God together. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like that even in your worst times, like if you still have that together, things can be okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know, like maybe it's like a silly fantasy, but wouldn't it be awesome to just be with somebody that you go like, okay, no matter how bad this gets, if we're like screaming at each other all day, if we had just like the worst day ever, we're still praying together before. Yes. Wouldn't yeah. that be awesome? Like, because yeah. Yeah, <laughs> like, um, and- like you could be so mad at each other, sit kneeling next to each other, praying the rosary or whatever, but that's changes your whole relationship yeah what I
1: mean yeah Yeah. and something (laughs) that you (laughs) you pointed out to me with like different guys that have been like a little bit wishy-washy and with faith and like having like maybe they abandoned religion before and I'm like Nick but they're like open to it they're like Maura you are not (laughs) looking for a guy that's like this this is what I'm looking for. Like, I want someone that's equally yoked to me. And this is what you want too. I'm like, yeah, you're right. I do want someone equally yoked to me that like is on the same page and isn't like doing it for me. Cause you can't put stock on what they could become.
2: Right. The problem is like, especially when you're doing dating apps and Mm -hmm. stuff, that temptation to just, to give a little too much is right. It's so easy. And I am mm. personally falling into it myself. So like, I'm not from <laughs> yeah, myself. Yeah. And you are not, like, 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 you were
1: talking to me from exam from like your own lived experience of it.
2: Right. Like, I'm not trying to be like some, like, you know, like moral guy on high, like telling people what they're supposed to do. I, I'm just like, from my own personal experience, like I know that temptation to look on these dating sites and be like, well, there's no one else with this <laughs> values as me so maybe if like you know I give a little bit here and there like I'll find somebody that's like close enough and we can make it work out Mm -hmm. and I think that just when you kind of play in your mind the sort of like long-term implications that could have it becomes it can become obvious what the difficulties are probably going to be down the road you know and like I'm not saying that you need to find someone that's like perfect Catholic like you're never going to find this person like that's like absolutely perfect in every way perfectly following their faith everything but I I think that you want to find someone that has similar goals and a similar perspective Mm -hmm. in the long term it's gonna bite you at some point it might not be right away you know
1: children will be a factor
2: children are gonna be the thing and
1: you want to make sure that you're both on the same page with what you're teaching them and how you're raising them Right. Yeah. And the example that you're setting for your kids
2: and especially us as Catholics, you know, like when we get married, we promise to raise our kids in the church. That's like one of the promises we have. If, the, if your partner isn't on board with that from the get go, it's like, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. You know, I'm not, not getting married in the church. So mm-hmm. like, these are the things that I have to abide by on that day. Mm-hmm. And I hope you're on board with me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to say. I know how frustrating it can be. Like I know it's like you like pound your fist against the wall. Cause it's like, you're talking like such a small dating pool. Like you're talking like a minuscule dating pool and it's so frustrating, but it's like, you just got to kind of own that, I guess, and trust in God. I don't know. I haven't figured out the answer yet either.
0: <laughs> Probably none of us have since we're not all married, but, uh, and the thing that I, I like how you touched on, you know, well, maybe maybe if I don't see anyone around, that's kind of like where I'm at. So maybe, yeah, if I just lower lower the standards a little bit or just like maybe be more lenient in some some areas, then maybe then I'll find somebody. And I think it's hard because I think it's that sometimes like I will do that just out of like loneliness or fear or boredom. (laughs) Yeah. I like um, that, like, you know, really like, I'm just like, oh, who can I? Or, or like, you I? just,
1: like, want, like, some kind of, you're, like, you're, like, craving some kind of intimacy. You're like, well, nope, like, <laughs> this person's, like, there. <laughs> yeah, They're not really what oh. I like for
0: but they're there. <laughs> um, really? Yeah. Yeah, it is kind of hard, but, yeah, like, you need that foundation. You need those, those core Values and those core morals, and once you have that, I mean, in theory, everything will fall into place. <laughs>
2: yeah, it's but- difficult, and I don't. I think that you know, like, we have an expectation that it won't be difficult, and I, I think that you know, if we grow up going <laughs> like, "Oh, by like this time in my life, I'll find somebody, and everything will be great." And and you know, like, I think that that does happen for some people. I'm not saying that that like never happens, but I don't think that sometimes we think about especially growing up, that, like, this might be a bit of a struggle, you know, and mm-hmm. that's okay.
0: Yeah. And I think, like, just, you know, just for me, like, I had always figured, you know, be married by my mid-20s. That's what my parents did. Like, they were married I by my Right? And so, like, that's what I figured would happen with me. And so, when that wasn't happening, I was just like, well, this isn't, like, this part of my life is not happening yet. So, that's fine. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. <laughs> move halfway across the country live with strangers <laughs> and take care of their children.
2: That's fine. That's what I'm going to do. Hey, you did something, you know, and that's like what, like, that's, that's so cool. Cause like, I think there's a huge temptation to think of this time, especially like if you get to like your mid twenties or so mm-hmm. as sort of just like this, like waiting time, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, Oh, how many years do I have to kill at this point before I get married? You know, yep. and like, Yeah, I know like that's frustrating because it's like what I really want is to get married and start a family. But you're going to blow some of the prime years of your Mm -hmm. life just because it isn't exactly where you want it to be. Think of all the opportunity you have out there, you know, not in terms of dating, just in terms of everything else, you know, it's. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was talking
0: about this with another friend not too long ago or Jake. Jake, when we were when we had Jake on. He was saying, you know, we were kind of saying, like, had I done my plan, had my plan, you know, (laughs) happened, I probably wouldn't have time for things like Catholic Twitter. And I probably wouldn't have met all of you or like, and I wouldn't. Which is where we met
2: Nick. (laughs) I was just going to say, I literally would not be on this show if I had gotten married to my ex. You know what I mean? It literally wouldn't happen.
0: I've learned so much about myself (laughs) since moving away from home than I ever would have if i would have just i think i don't know who knows what would have happened if i would yeah. have stayed yeah it's just it's just a it's crazy to think about it wasn't easy I did not make that decision lightly. It felt very similar to jumping off a cliff, Nick. <laughs> um, but <laughs> like this is insane. I have to be like a little bit crazy to be doing this, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I like how
0: you're both nodding in agreement.
2: <laughs> oh no! I, yeah, <laughs> so it's it of, is it's a little kind bit. of crazy what you did. Yeah, I, I still can't believe you did it, but no. It's
1: a little. <laughs> it's it's like, a little. Um, and I just want to drop this for any woman listening that are single, that like to cook. Nick <laughs> cleans. Nick <laughs> cleans. <laughs> and he Um, also hates to cook
2: yeah that's that's like my domestic duties I'm great at cleaning great at everything else I just don't it's not that like I hate cooking I just especially being alone I just like can never get motivated to cook for myself it's just like I'm not gonna make some big meal that's going to take me hours to cook just for myself to eat mm-hmm. i'll just go across the street to the diner and get something but yeah he, he won't
1: be a lazy I husband doing that. i'm doing that <laughs> nick will not be a bad. lazy husband he will that's, do his part
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah that's what i mean like people love cooking that's fine i'll spend a whole day cleaning my house though you know what i mean <laughs> like things that i guess you prefer doing i don't know
0: <laughs> <But>. <laughs> you can come over and clean my plants and i'll call it even
2: <laughs> Fine by me.
0: <laughs> oh my goodness! So, do we want to go into um, uh, further grounds to cover? Yes, yeah, so I was just gonna go that direction. So, grounds to cover. So, everything that we've talked about today, what can we try to like put into practical application in our weeks or in our lives? So, I was thinking, like, first of all, and I've I've mentioned this before, but um, one of the best advice that I've gotten from a priest friend is he said, um, the best thing that you can do for your vocation is to pray three Hail Marys every day for your vocation. Mm. It's one of the best things you can do. So if you're still discerning, if you're still trying to figure out what your path is, where you're supposed to go, praying three Hail Marys for your vocation every single day will help keep you open to the path that God has for you and the courage to say yes, when he calls you to do crazy things.
2: That's what keeps me up at night. It's like one day God's going to ask me to do something insane, and I don't know how I'm going to be able to handle it. We'll see. (laughs) Exactly.
1: We're going to marry someone from Catholic Twitter and move across the country. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) After only meeting them three times. Oh my gosh. How
2: how trad of you. We are
1: definitely calling out something. Yeah.
0: And then I think another good thing to do would be, maybe you're somebody who has, maybe you have a past relationship um, that was really hard for you. And I feel like there can be at times, like there can be still like past pain or even just like fear that comes along with that. I know I've struggled with that myself. And so maybe like, if you still like, no matter how recent it was, if you still have those moments where maybe that fear, that pain comes back up, just ask for healing you know, like give that, give that to the Lord and ask him to take that pain and that fear um, and just offer it up to him and have him, I don't know, take it and make it beautiful and, he, and have this real healing. And then I like this one too, because I think um, we were talking, of talking about things that are, Nikki, you were talking about, you, you tried something new that was a little bit, you weren't quite comfortable with going on theology on tap and like meeting a bunch of new people, but you were really glad you did it. So maybe it was- Think about something new that you could try. And it doesn't have to be like this big thing, but just think of something new that maybe you've been thinking about doing, Mm. or you wish you could do. It's a little bit out of your comfort zone, Mm. because I think that like, when you do get out of your comfort zone a little bit, I think you surprise yourself and you learn about yourself and that's always a good thing. So maybe, maybe just try something, try something new this week. See what
2: happens. I really, I really, really like that one. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you have to like bargain with yourself a little bit yep. almost, right? Like you almost have to go like, okay, how far out of my comfort zone am, am I willing to go? Uh-huh. It can't be zero. That's not an option. Right, <laughs> But <Not an> option. <laughs> it's like, I, I can't do like this other thing that like, I've never, I have no idea what I'm doing. I've never done before, but like, maybe I can just go do this thing in the middle, you know? Yeah. 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 yeah and then I'm not you just work your way out any. there.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying go break any laws or anything like that. That's not. I'm not endorsing law breaking here, but just yeah. like, I mean, something I previously did on my
1: conversation was join dating apps. I always swore I would never do online dating, and then I did in the
0: last year. It's it's an adventure. I hate it.
2: It's something.
0: It's yeah, something that's for sure.
2: <laughs> sure is a thing you can do. I know that for a fact.
1: Yeah. You also can't say you didn't try.
2: Oh, I did. Yeah, <laughs> I no, I know. That's like a whole I feel like we could do a whole nother episode. Just do you want to
1: come back and talk about dating apps sometime? Uh, <laughs> do
2: no, I I'm I'm totally down for for coming back at some point if you guys would have me again.
1: Okay. I guess. I guess. I guess. I guess if we ever find the time for you and if we ever think that you're cool enough.
2: <laughs> well, no. don't I won't hold my breath for that.
0: <laughs> well, Nick, we do really appreciate you coming yeah. on and just talking about. Just in sharing, you know, a little bit of your past, we really appreciate that, and hopefully, yeah. the things that we talked about can really help somebody, or just like give a little guidance mm-hmm. if, they, if anyone needs it, or just yeah. I don't know, maybe they laughed at our humor. That's <laughs> a great thing too.
2: Thank you, um, guys. This was really fun. I really appreciate. I'm glad it. that you
0: liked being here. <laughs> yeah. So, um, if you guys want to follow Nick on Twitter, his Twitter handle is NicksterWixster, and we can put that in the podcast description when you download it. So Nick, thank you so much again. We really appreciate you having here. Thank you guys. Yeah. So have a great week guys. We will see you next week. Thanks again for stopping by Carol's coffee house this week. We hope you enjoyed our conversation with our friend Nick as much as we had fun talking with him. Also, thank you to all of our listeners who have been providing us with such great feedback. It's really important to us to put out good content. And so if you have any suggestions or feedback for us, feel free to reach out. We are on Twitter at carol underscore podcast, or you can email us at carolscoffeehouse at gmail.com. Thanks so much again, you guys. Have a great week. God bless.